0: God wants everyone, every generation to know him and every generation to trust him. Not forgetting what he has done for us in coming to rescue us and save us. But remembering him and, and holding on to the commandments of Yahweh. Holding on to the commandments of Yahweh through the person of Jesus Christ. This is God's goal for every generation ever. Secondly, we see that what God, we see how God gets this done. Through parents committing to continually passing on their, to their children the gospel truth that has been entrusted to each of them. The good news about God's works, God's power, God's wonder that deserve our praise. These happen in a couple of ways. They happen in the planned moments and they happen in the unplanned moments. We teach our kids in the unplanned moments in our car as we drive down the road. We teach them at our kids' bedside. We teach them at the breakfast table. We teach them on the playground. We teach them when they're throwing a tantrum at Target. Maybe that's not happened to you. It also happens in the planned moments when... We pull out a Bible storybook and we read to our children before they go to bed. It happens in those unplanned moments when we comfort our kid by praying for them when they are afraid or we correct them when they've disobeyed. Teaching children about God involves parents intentionally speaking to our kids about the good news and sharing our lives with them it is an incredibly massive responsibility When we do this, we are echoing the teaching of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Parenting is one of the greatest things that we get to do, and parenting is simultaneously one of the hardest things that we do. It is really hard to guide the life of a person that you created because you know how you were. You know what you have brought into this. And by God's grace, this is the responsibility we share. We share this with the entire church family. God puts us together in this church because we need each other. We need each other in parenting. And in training our children, we need one another's encouragement. We need accountability. We need one another's eyes to see what we can't see. God wants every generation, as the psalm said, generation after generation after generation to know Him and to trust Him. And He will accomplish this through parents teaching their children. This is how God moves His people in that direction. Parents, you are saying today, I want to pass on this truth, the truth of the good news of Jesus to the next generation, and I want, I want God to do this through me. I can't do it apart from Him, but I need Him to do this. Uh, so parents, when I call your name, please come forward. Stand here at the front, front and face out toward uh, the gathering. Wayne and Ricky Allen are coming this morning to dedicate their daughter, Elena. Greg and Alex Baker are coming to dedicate their sons Calvin, Owen, and Luke. Brad and Caitlin Burns are coming to dedicate their children Dottie and Bear. Joshua and Leslie Dawes are coming to dedicate their daughters, Gemma and Cora. Warren and Emma DeVille are coming to dedicate their daughters, Nora, Everly, and Claire. Jessica and Jason King are coming to dedicate their children Isaiah, Joshua, and Lydia. Blake and Katie Jones are coming to dedicate their children Jackson, Keaton, and Madeline. Jared and Sarah Manning are coming to dedicate their daughter, Josephine. Justin and Carrie Newton are coming to dedicate their son, Koa. We may have them outnumbered. I'm not sure. I think we're going to play Red Rover in just a moment. (laughs) Parents, I want you to turn and face me. I have some really important questions for you. Parents, will you entrust your children to God, to His providential plan and His care? Will you commit with the help of this church community to instruct your children by word and example in the truth of God's word? Will you commit to pray for them and to teach them to pray? If so, say, with God's help, we will. will. Now, parents, you just made a, a commitment to one of the greatest things that we can do but also one of the most difficult things that we can do. But you're not alone. None of us are alone. We need to be reminded that we're not alone. And that we, need to be remind, we also need to be reminded that in not being alone, that there are things for us to hold on to. Things that we need. We, every one of us, we need the good news of Jesus. A Savior, a Rescuer who was crucified and resurrected for us. And we need the church to fulfill this commitment that you've just made. We need the church. There's this weird thing that takes place in our society that you just need a nuclear family to raise a child. But the scriptures don't seem to teach that. The scriptures definitely don't teach that. They show us that there is a better way. There is a way that God has given us. That God has given us a family to accomplish this. Church, every one of us. It's our responsibility for these children. They're not alone. And when I say they're not alone, we are with them. We are for them. We don't abandon them. We don't walk away from them. So I'd like to ask all Grace members to stand up. All members of Grace, this body of of believers here, to stand up and I want you to pledge a commitment to these parents. So parents, I would love for you to turn around and face the congregation. To be reminded that you're not alone. This is your family of faith. Look, you're not by yourself. There are people who are older than you. There are people who are younger than you. There are people who will come alongside of you and care for you. There are coworkers. There are neighbors. These are your family. As best as we can understand it, this is what the church tells us we are family. This is your family of faith. You're called to endure from, with your children from the diapers to the teenage years to the, to the releasing of your kids into the world on a mission. And we are called to this expedition with you. So church family, I've got some questions for you. Will you commit in partnership with these parents to instruct these children by word and example And the truth of God's word. Will you commit to pray for these children. That they will grow to love Jesus and trust him. Will you commit to pray for these parents and encourage them as they face the trials of parenting. If so. If you will make this commitment. I want you to read the following that will be on the screen. With joy and thanksgiving. As Christ's church, with God's help, we promise to love, encourage, and support you as you follow Christ and train your children in the faith. Let's pray together. Family, I want you to extend your hands towards these moms, these dads, and these kids. And let's pray over our church family together, these families who are dedicating their kids today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word guides us and helps us to see you and know you and to know what you have for us. God, over all these families, these babies, these toddlers, these moms, these dads, God, I pray we would remember remember thee. Honestly, we've been given a mission from you. Father, be with us. Remind us of your good grace. God, be with every one of these parents. Be with every one of these children. Be with Rain, Wayne and Ricky as they raise Elena. Be with Greg and Alex as they care for Calvin, Owen and Luke. Be with Brad and Caitlin as they love Dottie and Bear. Be with Joshua and Leslie as they're coming as they dedicate their babies today. God to be with Warren and Emily and Emma as they love their children. Father, be with Jason and Jessica. As they raise their children to love you and know you. Be with Blake and Katie. As they dedicate their children to, to you. Be with Jared and Sarah. Be with Justin and Carrie. Remind each and every one of us of your good grace. Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you do. And I pray that we will believe in the promise that you have made to us in Jesus. Let us move the lives of our children toward Jesus. We ask this in His powerful name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. If there was a family in front of us that you do not know, make sure to introduce yourselves to them today. To let them know that you love them, that you're praying for them, that you care for them. Because we really are in this together. We can go through uh, formal scenarios where we have you say things out loud. But we need to live in a way that seems loud. And moms and dads need us. We all need each other. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open that to Psalm chapter one, 120, Psalm 127. Psalm 127. If you make a purchase online in the year of our Lord, 2023, there is a good chance that there is a money-back guarantee. There's also fine print that lets you know all the bad things that could happen that would cancel out that guarantee, but it's there. They will wave that flag. They will let you know that. If you've purchased something from an influencer on some social media feed, there is a money-back guarantee that's more than likely a lie. There are money-back guarantees for everything. If you are a runner, you can buy a pair of running shoes, technical running shoes, and those shoes will come with a 30- to 60-day guarantee. So as you get your steps in around the mosquito-ridden Lake Jackson area, you know that in 59 days, if you're still a guarantee for you, if you don't like it, that you can turn it in. When we begin to talk about following after Jesus and the scriptures that tell us what it means to raise a family in a way that helps someone to follow after Jesus, uh, there is sometimes this mistaken understanding that what takes place there is a guarantee. But we don't have a guarantee. We don't get a guarantee more importantly, we are told as we seek to love and care for our families and raise our families in the way of the Lord, we are not told that we get a guarantee. We are told to pursue a promise. So the central idea of what we're doing today in Psalm 127 is we're looking at what it means for us to be people who pursue the promise of God, who look to God and look to all that God has done for us in His Son, and we pursue after that. I want to read Psalm 127 over us. Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. In vain you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. Psalm 127 was not written by David, though most of us think that every psalm was written by David, if we have any familiarity with the church. As a matter of fact, he wrote multiple. Psalm 127, however, was written by the grand architect of the Old Testament, the man who built kingdoms and for whatever reason had 700 wives and 300 concubines. It was written by Solomon. And as he writes Psalm 127 to us, as he lets us know... It, about what it means for us to build and what it means for us to how we're supposed to see our children there is something for us to know that will help us to understand the purpose and the point of this psalm that it was a psalm that was sung on the way to jerusalem for holidays it's a road trip playlist I watched a movie set in the 80s the other day. It was produced by Amazon Studios. And it was a flex of their budget because every awesome song from the early 1980s was on the playlist. We learned about Bruce Springsteen and where he was born. We learned everything from these multiple songs. And I remember being in college, I had a CD case with lots of country music and, ashamedly, two, CD, two CDs that were from the band Creed and Scott Stapp. And I remember popping them into my car to listen as I drove from place to place. Whenever families would make their journey to Jerusalem, they would have this psalm that would be sung. They would make sure that this was declared. It wasn't the only one, but this was very much there reminding themselves of what it means to build and that the Lord is the one who has to build the house. That the Lord is the one who gives uh, who gives value to everything, that God himself is actively at work in the lives of his people. Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. It reminds us of how helpless we are. It reminds us of our finitude. It reminds us of what it means for us to be people who rely on God. I am firmly middle-aged. I'm in my 45th year of life. And I've realized that as I have gotten older, I pray more. Does anyone else feel that? Is that your story? When we're younger, it's almost as if we are bulletproof. It is as if nothing can come at us, as if nothing can undo us, as if we will lean into the difficulties of life and we'll be able to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and overcome all of the hardships that are there. And the older that I've gotten, the more that I realize how untrue that seems to be. And how much I should rely on on God. And rely on God to do things that I cannot do. And I've been reminded honestly of how helpless I can be. And as moms and dads, we know that there are helpless moments for you. It's not just moms and dads with people in their homes who, who cry and need to be driven to sporting events and need to be driven back from sporting events. It's every one of us really who have dealt with anything and hardship and heartache For every believer in this room who is not married but wants to be married, you're reminded of how helpless you really are over that. For those of us in this room who may want to have children, but for whatever reason God has not caused that to happen yet, you're reminded of how helpless you are, how overwhelmed this life can be. For moms and dads in this space right now who are at a different phase of life and you look at your children you and say, you say, I really want them to follow after Jesus. And even today was a reminder of what it meant. Like You remember the day that you stood in front of a congregation very much like ours and you had your baby there, but you look at that child now and it seems as if they are wayward and far from the Lord. You're reminded of how helpless you are, how needy you are. How needy you are and how necessary God is. Those, that truth never cancels out for us. And we're reminded to seek after this Yahweh. So we as a people who are bound together are called to seek after Him. To trust Him. Because honestly, unless we see that He's the one that's at work, our labor is in vain. We're not going to white knuckle grip this enough to overcome the difficulties of life. No matter how much we've got it figured out and no matter how many spreadsheets we have on our Google Spreads, it's not going to happen. Our only hope is that Yahweh Himself would work and intervene in our midst. Verse 2, In vain you get up early and you stay up late. Who's felt that? I I know the way that some of you gentlemen work. I, I know the hours that you work and the hardship that comes with that and what can be forgotten in those scenarios. It's how hard moms deal with things in that. Because while you're at work, they're there with these humans. They're moving them from place to place. They're making sure that they get there in the exhaustion that we face. Scriptures remind us that in our exhaustion we see we need rest. And our need for rest points us to ultimate rest. Yes, we need to sleep, but even more than we need to sleep, we need the God who's caused us to be people who need to sleep. Because rest reminds us of how helpless that we are apart from Yahweh. In vain you get up early and you stay up late. Working hard to have food, yet he gives sleep to the one he loves. God gives his people rest. Not just the rest that we get at night, but God gives us true rest in him. God gives us true rest in this phrase that we see in verse 1. That the Lord is building. And if we are trying to build apart from Him, we are building in vanity. We are building on false grounds. Verse 3. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward. The word heritage is interesting because it's not used the way that we may use heritage in conversation. Heritage in this tense means they're an assignment. God's given them over to you. They're an assignment. This is who the Lord has given you. And and honestly, again, just circling back, all of the moms and each and every dad in this room who may have children that you look at and they just seem far, far away. If they're still calling you, if you're still interacting, the Lord's not giving up. Be encouraged by that. We have the story of God at work. Heritage, it's an assignment. Verse four, we get to like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has his has filled his quiver with them. They will not be put to shame. So so what we see in this passage is that we have been given the promise of God to pursue. And the pursuit of that promise is to pursue the person of Jesus. And if we are going to be people who pursue Jesus with our children, we don't get to save them? Maybe you feel that. Maybe you're at that place in your walk with the Lord. I need you to save this child. I've taught them Bible stories and I've had conversations about your good news and Lord I just need you to save them but that's not taken place for you yet. But you and I and even in this church family we've been given by God the opportunity to give direction as to what it should look like. What the direction of these arrows should be. What does it look like for a group of people who claim to follow after Jesus to direct their children toward a world that does not seem to be in line with the person of Jesus? What does it look like for us to truly live in a countercultural way? What does it look like for our measurements of success and value to not be the success and value that society seems to have? Think through these with me. If the desires of our society are finite... And just so that I know that I'm not alone, if you look into our world and you see an end to the things that seem to be desired for them, could you just raise your hand? It seems like that's, that's not ultimate. Then ours, the desire of God's people, is infinite. That we want to display infinite, eternal, ultimate things. as we direct the lives of our children, we keep in mind that if culture is leading down a wide road, Scripture says that the wide road leads to destruction, and our children, though we cannot save them, we do shape them. They are to reflect a narrow way. Because they're absorbing that from us. If the wages of sin are death, we pursue the Lord by raising children who display life. We pursue the promise of God as we do certain things. We, as a people who are helpless and need God to move and build his house, we pursue his promise when we live sacrificially. Because of the death of Jesus. We pursue his promise as we live confidently because of his resurrection. We pursue his promise as we live and lead in a way that sings a celebration song. Because of Christ's victory over sin and death. Just a simple question for us to see people who, on in word, say that we are following after Jesus and pursuing Jesus is our desire for our family. Nuclear family, faith family. To see Jesus as the one who has provided living water, as the one who has provided light in the darkness, as the one who has declared himself as the hope of of all things, as the great rescuer, the great savior. Are we pursuing Jesus in that way? Right now I want to pray as a, I want us to pray as a family. I want us to pray as a family of faith over one another, over uh, each uh, other together today. And I think that for some of us, we come from backgrounds where prayer means that you listen with your eyes closed as I talk with my eyes closed. That's not what prayer is. For people who are following and pursuing Jesus. Prayer is us going before the Lord on one another's behalf as helpless people who have an all-powerful God and asking Him to interact in our lives. Asking Him to care and to help us to care. Helping us to display what He would display. So please, make sure you introduce yourself to some of these families that you've not met. But I want to encourage us right now just to maybe bow our heads. Bow our heads where we are. Feel free to have your eyes open. because I'm going to ask you to do some things. If you're sitting near one of these moms and dads that have dedicated their child today, or even if you're not sitting by them, but you know them and you love them, and you know them especially well, could you maybe move toward these parents? Can we move toward them and put our hand on their shoulder to pray for them right now? If we could get up and begin to do that right now. One, two, three, we get up and we go. We're going to pray over these parents who have dedicated their babies today. whisper some prayers over them, encouraging prayers over them. In transparency, I encourage us to do things like this because there's a good chance that these moms and dads have never heard anyone pray for them. Pray for their children by name. Just for the prayerful awareness, I want to ask us to pray for something else. I listed off some pretty hard things earlier. I listed off that there may be some of us in here who aren't married that want to be. There's some of us who want to have babies that that's not happened yet. you and you want someone to pray over you we we would love to do that so so possibly just slip up your hand I know it's a really bold thing to ask we want to pray for one another because scripture seems pretty emphatic about that you're a mom or a dad who maybe you're not in the the dedication crew today but you remember when you were and you've been laboring and working hard and pouring in and pointing that child toward Jesus but if you are in the place where you would say hey I want Jesus to save my kid but that's not happened yet could you just raise your hand I want Jesus to save my kids and if that's you put your hand up I want to begin to pray over you right now I want Jesus to save my kids. That's what I want. If you see one of those hands up, could you move toward that person or those that family and just begin to pray. I want Jesus to save my son. I want Jesus to save my daughter. I want Jesus to do a work in the life of my family. If that's you, we want to pray over you right now. Yeah. got the moms and the dads in here who who you were dedicating babies 20 and 30 years ago and you made the dedication that you would raise that child toward the Lord, but they've gone through some weird rebellion that you can't explain and they can't explain and your heart's just broken over that. If that's you, you're that parent. Could you just raise your, we want to pray over you. We want to remind you that God's not giving up on your kids. Let's just not forget. Each week we take communion and... And when we, t- we are reminded of this truth. The house that God is building is on his broken body and shed blood. Apart from Jesus, crucified and resurrected, we are helpless people. But in his crucifixion and resurrection, in his death on the cross, when everyone was against him, each and every one of us, it is through that work of Jesus that he declared, I am for you. And if I'm for you, no one can be against you. So we're going to take communion in a moment. Jared will lead us. But before you take communion, if you're not a believer in this room, I'm simply going to ask that you don't take it. Because this is for believing people. If you're a guest here and you are in relationship with Christ, I want you to take communion. Because we're reminded that in our helplessness, he is helpful. But he is for his people. And wherever you happen to be, Jesus cares for you as a believer. He loves you. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the power of your word. The truth that we find here. God, would we be a people who come around these moms and dads in every face. Love them, care for them, pour into them. In the way that would bring honor and glory to you. And remind one another that we are not alone. God I ask today I I beg you today to save lost kids to call home rebellious kids to build a house Lord I thank you for moms and dads who've displayed grace upon grace Lord who've displayed it to me to my family and the families that we get to pastor here and shepherd here. Would you save lost people? We ask this in your name, Jesus. If you need me, I'm in the back right-hand corner of the room. I'd love to pray over you if you need that.